Brogan, thanks for joining us on the show. Um, but I want to first off kind of just congratulate you, uh, not even just for making the final, but for chasing your dreams. I know you've had a kind of an unorthodox <laughs> rise to where you are, at least from at least outsiders looking in. So I just want to congratulate you for chasing your dreams and never giving up and always doing you. Thanks, Rocco. That means yeah. a lot. So how did this happen? How did you, what was the road like to getting on the Ultimate Fighter? Like kind of give us a summary from the PXC days to moving oh. to Guam to right. Invicta. <laughs> You're right. I feel like it's been very unorthodox and like it's been a really long time coming. And I think too, that's like the biggest thing that I always share now that I'm at this position because um, it's really been like a decade in the making. It's been a decade since this dream was born and I thought like, hey, maybe I can do that, you know? So um, yeah, I guess if we started like at PXC days, PXC is where I had my debut in MMA and um, I went straight from being, um, I went straight into professional. I never had an amateur MMA fight. Um, I was already very versed in Muay Thai and striking when they asked me to do my first MMA fight in PXC. Um, and I think I was a blue belt. I was a blue belt. And um, yeah, it just kind of happened where I was at, I was actually at a Mariana's Open. It was when they were at the Phoenix Center and we were um, competing. And one of the promoters came up to me and said, Brogan, would you be interested in doing um, a professional league? And it was just like so out of the blue. It wasn't something that I thought that I could do as a career at the point. I, at that point, I just loved it. Like, um, And all, before I could even answer, all of my friends and my teammates that were there with me were like, yeah, she wants to. She wants to do it. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, okay, yeah, I think I could do that. And um, so that was in 2015. I went pro with PXC. And it's just been a roller coaster of a ride since then. Um, kind of flash forward to um, like the last year, I've really been um, picking up speed here with my career. I resigned as an educator on Guam last year, October. Um, and that was a hard decision. I've been bivocational for a really long time because as you guys might know, it's not, um, it's not really the money-making business until you're like, solidified in the game and I'm still making the climb so um yeah last year I resigned and just as I did that I got um a fight in um Invicta I did really well and I had the momentum where I was like I need another fight I need another fight but I had to get back to Guam um and work with my students get the school year started so I did that um but as soon as I did I just had like that nagging feeling um and and it was something that I had been planning for a year the timing with work wasn't great but everything else like I said there was momentum in my career and I had a lot um kind of writing so I I decided to make the jump and just as I did that I asked my coach um here in Cali hey could you get me a fight I'm ready to come out I'm ready to go again and um as he was working on that Lloyd saw that that um they were having tryouts for the ultimate fighter he sent it to me and he was like this is a sign you know you're right the timing's right everything's right so we tried out and um yeah we made it it was a really cool process 
bringing us on this time because I've always watched Ultimate Fighter. It's really, um, it's really different now that like after COVID and everything, we didn't have tryouts. Um, we just kind of like turned in applications. And then from there, we did um, video interviews like this over the phone with the producers and everybody. So that's kind of how we got on. It was different than typically when you go there, everybody's watching, you know, the, there's a crowd there. There must have been, um, I think Lloyd said like uh, over uh, 1,500 girls that applied um, for, yeah, just the flyweight division. And so we were flyweight and there was heavyweights on the show as well. So um, we, yeah, it was, it was really cool. <laughs> so then how did you, what, what makes you think they chose you over another 1,500? Honestly? That's a very interesting question because the more I got to understand um, or the more I got to know the people that I was with, I realized, wow, there was a lot of highly qualified people that tried out um, that didn't make it. And I started thinking like, oh, my God, that girl didn't make it. She's way more qualified than me, you know. But I think another aspect of being on the show and, and, and doing the ultimate fighter route is that there's a lot of personalities there and that's sure. kind of what they were looking for they were looking for people who were going to make conversation and um you know kind of be a personality i wouldn't say i'm necessarily like a personality but i love to talk i'm very friendly and i think that that's kind of like when they saw that i'm i'm that way in my interviews they were like okay we can we can do this yeah but if you were like more quiet or reserved i think that that could have been like a determining factor of you know, whether you're on the show or not, like whether you take that route. Sure. Yeah. And I think you see that in general. I think even people who are already in the UFC who are good, but they don't get the big fights as others because some people just pull more numbers for whatever reason. People just like them more. Yeah, it's a personality, right? Absolutely. Yeah. That's the other cool thing about the show is that um, people get to know a different side of me, you know, like all of us, like, they got to really, and even still, I think um, there was so much, there were cameras in our face 24-7, 24-7. Like, the only time we took our microphones off is if we were using the restroom. Like, <laughs> so there was so much that they didn't even show on the show. And it's just like, it's cool to think that, like, every single athlete and every domain has that like depth about them and and that's what I love about the show it was cool to see that and to like learn about all of the people that were in the house with me I had a lot of really cool characters in there do you think that the show did a good job depicting who you really are um what they showed yes I think that they did a good job there there was so much more not just for myself but for everybody that I think that they that I would have liked for them to show like um the relationship between everybody on my team, on Team Nunez, was like, oh, my heart. I miss them all so much. We all clicked right away. We were in this weird situation, and we just kind of, like, um, clung together, you know? I think I, I owe that to our coaches. Our coaches were like, you know, you guys are on this together. You guys need to support each other. And, um, yeah, those relationships, even today, like, I was just texting them all in the group chat last night. Um, uh Katniss, Caitlin was actually saying that she's fighting Hannah um, um, in an upcoming fight. And Hannah's the was my first fight in the house. So, yeah, we're all in contact. We're all, like, 
still buddies. And I think that that was probably the biggest thing that they didn't show is like how close we were and how much we like leaned on each other. And those, I had like four big brothers in the house. It was so cool. <laughs> yeah. What were some things behind the scenes that they didn't show? Like what was one crazy thing that you think, man, they saved it on? I could not believe this was not on the show. And, um, you know, my my opponent in the final finale, Juliana Miller, she talked about this on her, her interviews, too. I thought it was so weird that they didn't show it. Um, it's kind of a long story, but I'll fast forward. There was, um, on the other team, on Team Pena, they were celebrating a birthday. It was Zach's birthday while we were in the house. They got him a cake, and they kind of had, like, a little celebration while um, our team was out training. Um, well, when I got back, it was a mess. Like there, and honestly, the whole time that was my, that was my pet peeve. Like when people would, the dishes would pile up, the mm. trash would pile up, like all of those things were driving me nuts in the house. So I come home from training and with my team and there's like silly string everywhere, like food out, dishes out. And I'm like, just let it go, bro. Just let it go. So I let it go. Go, you know, shower, do all my things, go to sleep. The next morning I wake up and they're still like a mess. Like they just didn't, they weren't going to clean that up. Like I was like, oh no. So, um, and we're staying at a, a really nice house, like a, a, somebody's Airbnb. It doesn't all, we don't own it. The producers don't own it, you know? Um, so I see silly string everywhere. It's literally like all over the kitchen, like, and it's discoloring the furniture. So, I'm like taking it all down, sweep it all up. And I'm like, you know what? I'm doing that team a favor. So I sweep it up and I sweep it into their bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> and the I tried to do it quietly, but the producers caught me. Um, and they, of course, come over with the cameras and they're like, what are you doing, Brogy? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm just helping them clean up their mess. And I thought that they were kind of going to show that I'm like kind of you know, make that, but I think the fact that I was just, I wasn't catty about it. I was just like, I'm just helping them, you know? <laughs> so I think probably why they didn't show it. And I didn't really get a reaction out of them either. I think they probably saw the mess and they were like, oh, and they just, you know, they cleaned that. They didn't have anything to say to me anyways. So <laughs> thought that was interesting. There was a lot of moments where, um, you should have woken it up with it. Should like see the kid, like, Put it all over them when they were sleeping. Uh, you should have caused the scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I see you. I see you. <laughs> what, what were some, was it ever nerve-wracking kind of being on the, is my audio messing up? No, you're fine. Okay. I can hear you. Uh, no, was it nerve-wracking or what was the level of pressure kind of being on the show? Um. Or was it not really like that? Was it more like, wow, I'm here, I'm chasing my dream. But how was that balance with, like, the nerves and pressure? So I don't want to say that there were no nerves, but going in, um, I was just very focused. So, like, I, I wasn't thinking, oh, my God, this is happening, this is happening. Like, a lot of my friends were thinking that I was in that headspace where I'm, yeah, like, saying, this isn't happening, this isn't happening. But... I had mentally prepared myself. My coach had mentally prepared me. So I was just stepping into it. Like, not like this isn't happening. I'm like, this is happening. Uh, I'm ready. I, and so like, I felt very confident. I felt um, excited, not nerves, but like excited. Like I'm ready. I'm going to do this. Um, everything felt great. Um, 
And then, as you know, I sustained a pretty serious injury. And so then that's really when the script flipped. Um, Not only did I get um, anxious and start having a lot of doubts about my fights, um, just that mental struggle was a lot. Um, Like there were, when I first got my injury and I was waiting um, to see what the MRI said um, about my knee, um, they told me that, that they would give me results like the very next day. And it ended up being all weekend. I didn't get the results till Monday. And so in my head, I'm going, it's bad news. You're going home. You can't fight on this. Like I was in so much pain that I didn't even believe that I would be able to fight. And I was supposed to be up first. So you can kind of see in the show that I was supposed to fight Chantel. Um, and somehow the stars aligned where Chantel, um, you know, was having um, a medical issue. She couldn't make weight um, safely. Um, and so they had to push my fight back. We, like I said, the stars aligned, this miracle happened and my fight was pushed back. But I can remember um, I was laying in bed um, that whole weekend because I didn't want to be around, limping around the tough house, around sure. my future opponents. So I'm laying in bed and in in my um, tough house room, I had my Cali flag and my Guam flag uh, hanging. So I remember just laying there, like looking at it and crying like a big baby, like you came all this way and you're not even gonna be able to like represent and and show, you know, who you are and what, what you're here for and all of that. I like, I had those moments in the house. And I think that um, that was very specific to me. I know that there were other injuries in the house. I, Chandler on my team, Chandler Cole, also had a tear in his elbow. And his was a complete tear. Mine was a partial tear. Um, but the doctors were really concerned. The doctors and my coaches were very concerned about it because, you know, with your elbow, you can still get around. You can still kind of. But with my knee, like even walking was difficult at first. I had to really like be intense with my therapy, which um, I'm so grateful for, um, you know, UFC really did a good job of making sure that I had, um, you know, I, I had a really great therapist. I, I did really a, like a lot of work there to make sure that my knee was strong enough to perform. And I'm really grateful for that. So, but there was just that roller coaster, like those moments where I'm like, yeah, I'm here, I'm ready. I'm going to do great. And then that happens. And then you're just like, I had those realizations, like I could go home. You know, I was seeing the other girls, you know, that, that had to go home. Chantel wasn't the only one. There was um, another girl that was originally on the show that, you know, had to go. So I'm thinking, bro, you're going to have to go home. Like all of this, you got all this way and you're going to have to go home. I was, I was like really mentally struggling for, for a while there. Dang. Well, you're still going through some knee pain in your first fight though, huh? Oh yeah. The entire time. Until I left the house, yeah. Even, um, so I wasn't medically clear to grapple the entire time. The doctor said that if you would like to, you know, that's up to you. But they suggested that I didn't grapple. Um, and so I, I didn't grapple in training in the house after my injury. Um, if I did, it was like very light drilling, um, even like wrestling takedowns. I had to work that. And imagine you have to work People have to like single and double leg you on a tour MCL. Like it was just, uh-huh. and I'm southpaw. So my, my tour knee would be in front 
you know, so it was like a lot of stuff that we had to work around. Yeah. Even after when I when I was released from the house, the doctors were still like, I don't think you should be grappling on this. Um, you need to continue with therapy and, you know, just cool it. So I did. And when I got back to Guam, I think that was probably the biggest piece to the puzzle of why I'm back to 100% is like, I took my recovery and my physical therapy so seriously. Uh, I worked with Dr. Tossi Ada at Custom Fitness and she's a miracle worker. Um, she knew like right off the bat, her plan was not like, let's get Brogan's knee better. It was like, let's get Brogan's knee to like both of her knees to a whole other level. Like let's get her body working cohesively. She kind of, looked at the big picture, you know, like you've got a career ahead of you. You can't just make your knee like, okay, it's good. It's got to be like strong, you know, stronger mm-hmm. than force. That was her mentality. That was my mentality. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And, you know, we did the work just like we have to in training. We did the work with physical therapy. It's painful <laughs> and it's long and it's frustrating. It's frustrating to know that my body can't do all the things that, you know, I want it to. And, but Tossie pushed me and, yeah, I feel I I had no complaints. You know, after after working with Tossie and getting the, the thumbs up from her and you know, coming back to Cali doing the the training camp and everything, it was like um it was ideal. It was just so perfect. She held the vision for me. Do you think if there wasn't camera like if it wasn't like a you know, quote unquote reality show, do you think they would have let you still kept going with your uh, uh, MCL being partially torn? Um, that's a really good question. So the doctor that worked with me is the primary doctor for UFC. He travels for every fight um, and, and looks over after all of the fighters. He's the head, head doctor. Amazing guy. And so I think just because he had seen it so many times and he had seen people overcome stuff like that, he was of course, telling me that I shouldn't, but he was willing, you know, he was saying, if you're willing, then, you know, we, we, we can do it. So, um, so grateful the for The show him. must go on. Yeah. Yeah. The show must go on. And, you know, um, the season prior to us, um, I guess I hadn't watched this episode, but afterwards, a lot of my teammates and friends brought it to my attention. But on last season, there was an episode and I remember the injury. I just don't remember the episode, but, um, you know, somebody sustained the same injury and they decided, no, I would like to go home. And so like all the producers were telling me that because when they broke the news to me, they thought that I was going to go home. They actually, <laughs> so funny, they actually had to like pull me back into the the room to film it again because they were like, <laughs> what's wrong with your reaction? Like they were confused. They were, I was so happy. I, I, was expecting really bad news and I did get bad news you know it was torn but but the good news was the doctor's like if you want to work through it you can and so to me all I heard was green light I was like (laughs) you're good you don't have to go home so I was happy with the um with the news and I think they were just like what's wrong with this chick like she's got a torn MCL and she's this happy they didn't understand so they pulled me out and then they had me go back in and they had the doctor like kind of explain it again, like Brogan, it's Tor, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I'm, oh, but I'm good. Right. <laughs> so it was really cool. It was nice to, to, um, to like 
I guess the experience itself while you're there was not good, but moving forward, things don't bother me like they did. Like, like aches, pins, and even other things that happen at training camp. It's, it doesn't really bother me. Like, I, I know if I can get through that, I'm good. I see. What was harder getting through the mental part or the physical part? Definitely mental, 1000%. Like physically, it was painful and I hadn't really experienced, I, I ha- but prior to that, I hadn't had a serious injury. Like um, I, I, I broke my arm, I've had stitches, but that's about it. And that was not from MMA. I've never been seriously injured in MMA. Never been knocked out. Never been choked out, never had stitches, um, nothing. <laughs> and like the most that I've done in a fight is like black eye or rolled my ankle, and it was my fault. <laughs> Having that ser- like first serious injury um, and just not knowing to what to expect made it really, really difficult um, emotionally and, and mentally. Um, physically, like I said, it wasn't great. And um, I'm holistic, so I don't take... Um, I don't even take, like, aspirin or ibuprofen. Um, in, like, extreme cases, I'll take, like, um, a Motrin or something. But typically, I don't take others at all. And um, when they were offered the my and everything, they were offering me that. I don't, I don't take that. And they're like, you're not going to take anything for the pain. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, so it was cool. Oh, that's awesome. So, there is difficulty, difficulty, difficulty. yeah, Rocco, what's up? Yeah, Rocco, what's up? Sorry, my, my, uh, can you hear me? My, uh, my headphones yeah, are not connected. My, my computer's crashing on me. Oh, no. Sorry, guys. No I'll be honest, I missed the whole conversation until like right now. I noticed you were distracted. You should fix but... it though. Don't stress. All right. Can you hear me? <laughs> I'm sorry, Brogan. Don't be sorry. We can hear you, though. Yeah. I'm not a fan of these Mac computers. Oh, you're a But anyways. No, nah, I don't like any of them. But... <laughs> He's like... <laughs> Just don't like technology. Yeah. But um, I, was, I wanted to ask you. You guys might have talked about it. I didn't hear it. But I've been having a kind of like a torn mco on the show probably helped the tv show production because i you know even dana white was talking about it uh, i think in your first fight he was saying oh you can tell broken's pushing through it so you know the fact that you're able to push through probably added to the story you know your personal to- storyline too definitely i it um we did talk a little bit like how it was affecting me personally like moving forward I feel like such a stronger person obviously because of overcoming that but I think too you're right production wise the producers like I said were all shocked at my reaction and and um you know Dana too was uh you could tell he was impressed but also like um the love it feels weird even saying fans but I do have a lot of fans now you know and I think the love from them recognizing like what I overcame was probably the biggest thing for me. Like um, watching the show, 
a lot of people said, you're my favorite, you're my favorite. And it was because of that, you know, like even now when people recognize me, they're like, just yesterday, I'm so I'm in Seattle. I'm not even in California right now and somebody recognized me. I went to go um, to the store and one guy was like, were you on the Ultimate Fighter? And I was like, yeah, you know, checking out. And his friend was like, you're the girl from Guam. Oh my God. And he's like, how's your knee? You know, like, how's everything? And I'm like, wow, that's so cool. I was like, it's good, you know? And he was like, telling me, he's like, you know, my girlfriend and I were um, watching and we we really wanted you to win. I'm like, man, I know I really wanted to win the finale too. And he's we were really rooting for you because, you know, we, we liked your story and everything. So I think it did add a little, you know, pizzazz to it. So yeah it was nice <laughs> what do you Looking think the biggest was there um like a, what was the difference between your first fight your second fight and your third fight in terms of skill oh. or maturity like my two in the house and then the finale yeah do you think there because because i feel like when you're at maybe like at pxc or victor i could be talking up my ass here but I feel like when you're at the big stages for anything in life, um, when there's higher competition, there's just going to be more force development rapidly, right? So I would think there was a bigger change between your first and second fight in the UFC than your first and second fight in PXC, right? Yes. And I think, man, just the nature of everything made it so strange. Um, like the way that my career has developed, like, I know you were asking about the last three fights, but like, if we go back to the start of PXC, you know, my debut was on Guam. This was like home crowd and OMG, like the crowd is insane. So I can remember coming out my first fight and just, um, having to deal with that. Like that, I was nervous on my first fight, obviously. And there's a lot of pressure. And, but going through my fights in PXC and getting that experience, I learned how to deal with it. So where it was like a source of anxiety at the beginning, it was a source of like power and energy. Like I would walk in and be like, yes, like, you know, I, I just got a good experience. Like, and so having the crowd there, I learned how to kind of channel that energy as opposed to like um, internalizing it and, you know, affecting performance. Um, so as my career prep um, progressed, I, like I said, learned how to use that energy. And then I went to Invicta um, and I started, and Invicta was such a great stepping stone. Um, PXC and Invicta, like the route that I took was so great. Um, Invicta is so similar to UFC in, um, in like production and fight week and everything that I, you know, it really prepared me for the UFC. And so um moving from pxc to invicta i kind of like i said learned how to use that energy i loved the crowd um it became like part of my pre-fight ritual you know to fill that feeling and like kind of sit with it before going to war it's it's a whole it's a whole thing right but then covid happened and the crowd went away and i had a new challenge i would like walk in and there isn't that energy. That energy that I learned how to like cultivate and utilize wasn't there anymore, you know? And that threw me for a loop too. My first fight during COVID was nuts. It was such a weird experience. And so it flipped the script for me 
Um, but I'm very grateful and I continue to say how grateful I am that during COVID, um, even though like I wasn't able to teach for a long stretch because of everything that was going on, you know, with schools and education and COVID, um, I was able to, to fight and, and, um, you know, all through COVID they had, I mean, even still, you know, they made it work in the MMA community where they didn't miss a beat, you know, and they kept going. So I think that I was really, um, I'm really grateful to have that experience where like I've, I've had both sides of the spectrum. And so when I had my two fights in the house, um, at the first two were at the apex and the silence is deafening. We didn't even have a walk-in song. So no audience, no walk-in song, no nothing. Like you can hear your footsteps walking in as you're going to the ring. Like it's, it was very, very almost like eerie, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the, the typical um, situation for me going into war that quiet and like. Do you like that? Do you think they should have had some more obvious or no? Do you think it's special? It's special. I, I think okay. that it's special and unique to all of us. Um, and Dana's watching. Yeah, Dana's watching. Um, but also, you're, for my first fight, I knew that whoever I was going to challenge next was watching too. And um, so I tried, I tried my best to like hide my injury and not make it an issue in the fight. Like, I didn't want to grapple. I did not want to get taken down. I just wanted to, to do what I did. So... <laughs> It changed my strategy too. Yeah. But I do think it was special. It was like a real unique experience. After my first fight, when we went back to the house, I talked to my team about it. I was like, you guys, I'm going to need you to like cheer or something because it's too quiet walking in. And they all agreed. And so from that point forward, my team and I, anytime we one of us had a fight, we were just like losing our voices. And I think you can tell too, like on some of the first episodes of me, I'm like just losing my shit, like screaming for my team and like just trying to give them that that ambiance, you know, that they need. Like I felt like, like I said, like we kind of need that that energy. We learn when you learn how to challenge channel channel it. It's like it's part of the game. It's part of that. Not not so much to like hype you up. I don't feel like I need to be hyped. I just feel like I need to. I need that energy to realize the full picture of what is happening so that I'm not like, Oh my God, this is happening. This is happening. I'm walking in there. Like this is happening and I'm ready. Like it's all part of that. If there's no energy, you kind of like, what is this all for? Yeah. 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 I need it. It was, it was very unique experience. And then for the finale, you know, having all that pressure, all that buildup, oh my God, the buildup was nuts. Like, fight week, so much drama. I'll even, I'll even admit that um, all the way up, like in the house, all the way up to the fight, um, my opponent stirred up so much drama. Like, whether it was just complaining or, um, or making up lies about me, she said like a lot of things that just weren't true. Um, everything I don't know if she was misinformed or what but there was a lot of things that she said leading up to our fight that everybody thought was going to press my buttons 
And I'm the type of person, I think it's because um, I had to move a lot when I was younger. So like, I am impervious to um, that like hierarchy that happens in school, like elementary all the way through high school. You know what I'm talking about? Like Where, bullying? Like, yes. <laughs> so sure. I'm impervious to that. Like anything that she says was either like funny to me, like genuinely funny. Or um, it would just roll off my back and I'm like, I don't have time for this right now. You know, I'm very focused. So, but when it got down to it, it was fight week and she was right there in my face and I could not, you know, put the phone down and ignore the shenanigans. Um, it definitely got to me. Like the last few days, she was pressing every button. Um, she was trying to like embarrass me live on ESPN and I was just not having it. I was firing back. And so when I did fire back, finally, um, she made a big deal about it. Like, she's, she posted it. Rogan was screaming at me. Um, she, she said that I was hyperventilating during our... <laughs> um, but really what she's referring to is, like, I was breathing hard because I was in her face and she's my opponent. <laughs> so oh. it wasn't hyper... I was just, you know, experiencing... What, what was going on and and I didn't really yell at her either but as I was trying to explain myself she walked away so I had to raise my voice <laughs> and just <laughs> so and so yeah she when I finally fired back she really framed it as look Brogan's talking shit she's the bad guy see this you know and I was just like damn she got me she finally like pressed all my buttons to the point where I was like firing back you know and I'm like okay so uh, after weigh-ins, I had to like, and, and my coach loved it. <laughs> my coach, Batiste from, from Cali, he was like, yeah, get her rug. You know, he's not used to that side of me. So, um, I had to kind of like take a step back and taper it down and be like, bro, don't let her get to you. You know, this is just all for TV. Um, she, like I said, she did a lot of things where like the interviewer would put the microphone up to my mouth and she would like yawn really loud so that nobody could hear what I was saying and I'm like and live on live tv I'm like you guys she's trying to tell the world that I'm the disrespectful one and here she is like yawning during my answer on live tv like what is this so I think I was frustrated the way that she was trying to frame me I think and that's what got to me you know because I'm a representation of my coach and my team and my uh, you know, and Guam and Cali, I'm a representation of that. So when I think I felt, I felt not like personally attacked, but like, this is my team, this is who I represent. And I've got, I can't just stand here and let you talk to me like that. And yeah. I think that's, it got me, man. It got do you me. think, do you wish you, you went off a little bit more or like going forward, if you have to deal with an opponent like that, do you think you'd handle it the same way? Do you think you'd tone it down? Or do you think, say, fuck it, I'm coming after you? Um, I think that coming after them didn't, uh, coming after, it didn't mess with my headspace at all. I just, um, I think moving forward, I would not. Because it's energy that I just didn't need to expend. Sure. <laughs> Like, and um, that's just the kind of person like I, that I am. Like I said, I'm impervious to those types of things. Um, like right now, one of the biggest, one of 
the, my favorite things for, for my teammates, actually, not myself, but my teammates is they love to go. Um, we go on my Instagram and we look at all my hater mail. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's insane. Like, haters? Oh, my God. So many haters. Like, and, and. I have some, don't get me wrong, like, I have way more fans and, like, people who say what's up than, than haters, but it's very entertaining for my teammates and I to read the comments and, like, see what these people who really don't know what they're talking about have to say about, like, my Like, what's a silly, what's a silly hater comment? Um, what's your like favorite? A lot of, well, I think the, the, the funny one to me is, like, a lot of people think that that's it. Like, oh, you had one loss, you're done. Like, you're done, go home. You're, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, <laughs> hang on. Like, that's not how it works, you know? And and I don't think that there's a lot of people who have, like, quit at this point. You can't quit at this point. Like, it was never in my mind to quit. And, like, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, you know, go back to your teaching job. Like, this isn't for you. And I'm like, if anything, it's just more frustrating that I wasn't able to show what i got you know but um the 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 hater mail is very entertaining for me my teammates love it and and they actually love to fire back like all fight week i didn't even have to talk shit because they were doing it for me like (laughs) when people would post stuff like um you know just hate they would fire back and like it would just become this whole thing where my teammates were like well, Brogan did this, and they're like, "Well, da, da, da. they'd be like, "Well, you know, like just you guys let it go." But they were just having a good time. Like, <laughs> I could. Uh, I think haters are a sign of progress. Definitely, uh-huh. and that's why it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. I knew it was gonna happen. Um, my first taste of that, like, this is pretty heavy because you know, obviously, there's a lot of viewers. But my first taste of that was when I fought Pearl. I fought Pearl Gonzalez in Invicta. And um, it was a good fight. That was my first loss. And it was a really good fight, you know. Um, I'm not going to say it could have gone either way. She definitely won. But there was, like, a lot of reversals. I had a lot of good striking. Um, It was a great fight. And then afterwards, I got a lot of messages. And um, I don't know if you remember this, Rocco, but I got my black belt right before that fight. So it was 2019. And right before I flew out to Kansas City to fight, um... And Coach Berto surprised us all at the Friday Open Mat, and um, we got promoted. Well, <laughs> there was so much hate after that. Like, you call yourself a black belt. Like, just give your black belt back to your coach. Like, all that stuff. And I'm like, actually, my jiu-jitsu was pretty good. Like, I dabbed it in there. Uh, like, she got me with this takedown a couple times. Then I got it. I started reversing it. You know, like, that kind of thing. Like, I was proud looking at my performance. And seeing what everybody else had to say about it made me realize a lot of people don't know what they're talking about. And a lot of people just, they couldn't, they couldn't fathom that amount of like work and pressure if they wanted to. They couldn't, they, like a lot of people don't understand that no matter what outcome you get, you still have to put in all the work. Like you can put in all that work, all that time, all of that. Um, there's just so much that goes into a fight camp, like emotion, energy, everything, money, uh, love, support, knowledge. There's so much that goes into that. And you don't get to choose whether you win or lose. Like it's, it's how it unfolds. It's how everything pans out. And no matter what work. Yeah. You just have to do the work. And a lot of people don't understand that. They don't understand that 
um, I have to move forward from a win, just like I have to move forward with a loss. Like it's, mm. it's equally as important to me and as valuable to me moving forward. Now, well, I, yeah, I remember you, uh, I think a bit ago I asked you a question similar to all this, kind of like, what's your pre, like how do you deal with, I guess, all the energy? And you said you used to like try to get angry or mad or like think you had to be mad, but then you realize like you actually ended up doing better when you blocked that all out and you were actually happy going into fights and stuff. Absolutely. I think that that was the, um, that was like the white belt to black belt transition in MMA. Like as a white belt going out there, doing my face off, um, just, you know, MMA is so different than what I was accustomed to in Muay Thai. a long Muay Thai amateur career in California. So, like, I was used to face-offs. I was used to weigh-ins and all, you know, fight week shenanigans. But in MMA, it's different. I feel like the characters were very different. The face-off and the fans are different. The energy is a little different. So I remember for my first face-off in PXC, I had uh, the female Korean zombie, Yoo Jin Jung. And I just remember in my head, like, building up, like, oh, I gotta, I gotta be tough. I gotta you know, me mug her, I gotta get in her face, like, I gotta, and I remember listening to, like, um, <laughs> videos of, like, Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson talking about, you know, that energy, bringing that energy that they have, and so, like, I tried to mimic that, and it worked for me at the beginning, because I was scared, and so, in order to hide that fear and that nervousness, I had to, like, put on that front, it was, like, a mask that I was wearing, well, the more comfortable I got and the more I experienced I got, I realized you don't need that mask. Like, you can just show up and smile at everybody and be friendly like you are and then whoop their ass. You can do that. And so when I realized that, um, it, it worked out so much better for me because I never stepped out of character. And I really carry that with me till today. I don't step out of character. What you see is what you get which is really cool about me being on Ultimate Fighter because I didn't sugarcoat anything. Um, Nothing about my experience, nothing about who I am or my past or anything. It was just all out there, you know, for the world. So um, I think that that was such a big turning point for me and like learning an aspect of the game because it was such a big weight off my shoulder to not have to have that mask and not have to act tough or act out of character. It was, I could just show up and be me. <laughs> it was cool. I think that's your, your, your slogan. I can still show up with a smile and still beat some ass. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we do. That's a good quote right there. <laughs> so then do you think throughout all this, what's been your favorite whether like you'll see it on camera or you won't, what's been your favorite or most satisfied uh, satisfying moment throughout the whole Ultimate Fighter thing so far? That's um, oh. I think getting out of the house and giving <laughs> the news to my loved ones was my favorite part. Um, man. I'll, I'll cry right now if I, <laughs> but like, um, I think the coolest part is, um, yeah, 
going, calling up Lloyd, calling up Steve-O, calling up my coaches, you know, Coach Berto and Batiste, calling them up and saying, I did it. I did the damn thing. I did what we said we were going to do. Uh, I went in there. I won all my fights. And, um, and I did it on a bum knee, you know, like getting out and just telling everybody that was definitely the highlight. It, it made everything worth it worth it to get out and be like look at my and the funny part is I look at my coach when I got back to Kelly and I'm like I did it we did it and he's like now 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 bro you got one more and he's like back to work back to work but I'm like damn back to work so we just back to work getting ready for the finale you know so I love how they keep me focused like that <laughs> who do you think it was most satisfying to call the most Ooh. My sister. Sister. Uh... She, I got to call her in the house. So um, it's on my episode. And I was actually so embarrassed watching because I didn't realize how much I was cussing. I was so <laughs> full of emotion. When I saw my sister, I was just like, F-bombs. And I'm just like, I just kept, because there was so emotion, so much emotion, like so much had happened in the house. I had this one 10 minute or 15 minute phone call to tell her like catch her up like she didn't know anything she didn't know I was on Amanda's team she didn't know I had won my first fight like I'm just trying to catch her up with everything and also I hadn't talked to her in weeks so I wanted to know how she was doing which you know everything that was going on with with her so that that conversation was very emotional and most satisfying for me to call her up because it was like how I had pictured it in my head call her up and be like I did it I did it and just see her reaction was and she knew it she knew I was going to she she wasn't like oh my god really she's like yeah I knew it you know and that yeah. was so sad yeah so, so before we ask her final question let's use this time to shout all the people uh, all your sponsors all the people you want to give a shout out to everybody give okay. love to yeah, heck yeah. Let me just, um, I have a little list here. So um, I think like my three biggest sponsors um, or three of my newest sponsors are um, GVB, the Guam Visitors Bureau, which I'm so happy to represent. Uh, Guam, Bank of Guam also very happy to represent and um, GTA Teleguam. So happy to have those three sponsors on board. Um, they're more new, but I'm just so glad to have that that um, support. Two of my oldest sponsors are um, Fakai and Moses. And um, yeah, they've been with me since day one. Um, I can't thank them enough. I would love to thank um, my gym, Pure Jitsu and Super MMA. Um, being stuck in between Guam and Cali these last few years has been so difficult, such an emotional roller coaster. I feel like I'm in the military. Like I just always have to be away from my family. <laughs> I'm like, no matter where I am, I'm missing something. So um, I appreciate both my gyms and um, I really miss Steve-O so much. Silver Lion, shout out to you um, for not only just being with me for the entire ride, but just being somebody that I can lean on. I was so happy to call him and tell him too. Um, a huge thank you to Lloyd. Lloyd is my right-hand man. I couldn't do anything without him. Fight week was so smooth because the way that he came in and uh, worked with my team here um, in Cali, 
Like it was seamless. That that guy knows what he's doing, and he's known me for over a decade. So he just everything is so smooth and seamless with him. Thank you, Lloyd. Love you, my bro. And then um, yeah, shout out to Renaissance Kennels, Dollhouse, Maximum Consulting, Creative, um, of course, Co- Coach Berto, and my my coach Supa, Steve. Um, shout out to Patrick and Kunko for holding pads for me while I'm back home. And then of course, Professor Ollie, Professor Dave, um, and then my family, you know, thank you to my, um, my Sanchez fam- familia, my Chargola familia. I'm actually, uh, here in Seattle staying with, um, the Chargolas who are my best friends. Um, they were my roommates in Guam, but they are in a new adventure here in Seattle, um, I'm actually out here visiting them because, uh, you know, Ricardo, he's a train with us. So Ricardo is actually um, graduating from the Seattle Police Academy this week. So I'm out here, uh, you know, celebrating that with him and um, visiting them out here. So, yeah, thank you to them. Thank you to my sister and Clay and Marky, um, all my family. I thank you guys. I love you. You got an army behind you, Brogan. <laughs> I could keep going. I could go for like three days. No, I bet you could. I, I feel like you had to, you stopped yourself. Yeah. Oh, my newest sponsor, my newest sponsor, somebody who I've been actually trying to get on board for a long time, um, is, uh, A&P, Albino and Preta. So, um, you, you, you've seen me on the mats, Rocco, you know that that's what I wear. Um, that's what I rock. I love the geese. I love everything about it. Um, and just that, like, that white to black mentality, like yin yang. I love, I love everything about it. So we've been talking about a partnership for a long time, but because, you know, lately I rarely don a gi, <laughs> been, it's been mm. a struggle. So, um, we finally just got down to the nitty gritty and we're like, hey, we can do this. We can work together. We, it can be beneficial for both of us. And so I got them on board and it's, it's really nice to have that support too. And as you know, oh, yeah. they, they, like Berto. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm part of the so fam. So then everyone was saying, sorry, what? I said, I'm part of the fam now. <laughs> oh, yeah. So then everyone wants to know then what was going, what's next for, for Brogan? What's next in your career? What do people have uh, to look forward to? Um, so the really great news is that um, there were no uh, injuries sustained, really. Like the next day, my face didn't look too great but everything was great like the body felt great I actually um the week after my fight I was supposed to kind of hang out in Vegas but um I was over it I went straight back and started training (laughs) I went back to Kelly like my coach was like are you serious no he's like stay and I'm like no I'm I, I had to do something with the energy that I felt like I felt frustration uh, I felt disappointment, I, I, and I knew, like, you got to sit with those feelings, and you got to use that energy. So I canceled all the plans that I had there. Um, I actually feel awful. Like, I, I had a lot of friends come out from Guam, and I just spent a couple of days with them, and then I was like, I'm sorry, guys, I got to split. Everybody understood, like, that I wasn't in the mental space to, like, party and go crave. So it was really nice that I had that um, that support. But I head back, I went right back to training. And that Saturday, um, one of my coaches, Nina Nunez, was fighting. So I drove out to San Diego. Whenever I'm feeling down or like 
on that side of the negative emotion spectrum, I have to like make myself useful. That's like my cure. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to be a body. I'm going to help them train. I'm going to carry the water. I'm going to carry the towel. Like I'm going to do whatever they need. So I went out to San Diego and I think too, just being with them after the fight, um, was exactly what I needed. You know, I talked to my, I talked to Nicole, my best friend who I'm here with. And I, I said, I think I'm going to go. She's like, what are you going to do? You know? And I said, I think I'm going to go, um, to San Diego and meet up with Amanda and Nina and help Nina get ready for her fight. And she said, I can't think of a better thing for you to do or a better group of people for you to be with. Because she said, you know, Amanda Nunez, coach Amanda really knows what you're going through now. She had a performance that she felt wasn't her. And she felt like she needed to redeem herself. And so she she kind of went through all of that. And the first thing she said to me when I arrived in San Diego, she's like, bro, you know, give me a big hug and everything. And she goes, that was not you. You know, I was expecting her to say something like, um, what happened? Or are you okay? But she knows that I don't, I think in her coaching me through that, she knew that I don't really respond to pity very well. So she was like, she just straight up told me that wasn't you. And I said, I know, <laughs> I know there was like some, some physical technical difficulties, um, that happened fight day. Um, it's not something that I'll share because, you know, that's an experience I kind of had to go through, pick apart, reflect. And, um, that's just like a little tidbit that I get moving forward. Like, um, I know what I have to fix. It's an easy adjustment moving forward. Um, but yeah, I talked to Amanda about it. We kind of like broke down what happened there. And um, it was nice to have that peace so that I could move forward. You know, it was nice to process because it was so much to process. It was nice to like be with somebody who had been there before, who had been with me for part of the ride. And for her to say, you know, bro, that wasn't you. It, it solidified in my mind, like, okay, bro, you just need to make those adjustments and, and show them what you got, you know? So, um, moving forward after that, I, um, helped Nina. Nina did really great in her fight against Sylvia Camillo and, um, she ended up retiring that evening. Um, and, um, from there I was, you know, I was around all of the UFC people, the staff and everything. So I'm looking for the matchmakers. <laughs> I'm like, you guys, I'm ready, you know, like, let me know. And, so I, I just kind of hollered and let them know that I'm going to be ready um, I think as, as soon as December, because I've, like I said, I didn't miss a beat. I just went straight back to training. Um, I'm not specific. I'm not like skill specific tr training. I'm just working on the weaknesses and the holes and stuff. So hopefully I get another fight um, late this year or early next year. And I'm hoping that I'll finally be able to, like, show everybody what I got. You know, even in my good performances, I don't feel like people have a full picture of me. I, I really haven't been able to use my jujitsu um, too much. Like, people don't know what I have there. I have a lot of, um, I've got a good hand in my back pocket, you know. <laughs> so, like, they they haven't really seen that. So, um I think moving forward, it's just important that I um, take those lessons from this fight and make sure that um, everything happens fight day, mentally and physically, 
um, that leads me up to like peak performance. If there's just so many things that go into it, you know, like um, what you eat that day, who you come in contact with that day, what, you know, like uh, how much fluid you drink, like all of it plays a part and so it was a lot for me to like pick apart and see where I went wrong but I feel like I I did a good job I, I if if I'm if anything's my strong suit it's that like I I wouldn't say I'm an overthinker because thinking's good I just like I journal a lot I reflect a lot and um I speak with the people that are really close with me and I think that their honesty and openness helps me move towards success. Like, that's really what it is. Like, hearing the hard things that I don't want to hear from the people I love. Like, like Amanda saying, you know, that wasn't you. Or my coach saying, like, that you have so much more, you know? So that's really what I took out of this and moving forward. But, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we're pumped. See what's next. Yeah. Me too. I'm excited. All right. Well, thank you, Brogan. That's that's what we have, and we know you're gonna know you're gonna bounce back. Um, if there's anything we can do to support you, you know, please let us know. Uh, I'm definitely gonna be ordering from you guys soon. Is is it is your um, electrolyte drink already out or not? I didn't see it on the not website. yet. Probably not till November. Okay. So I'll, I'll let you it out. Okay. For sure. Yeah. We'll be in. Alright, thank you, Broken. And thanks for always representing the island and always representing yourself and chasing your dreams. Thanks, Rocco. Thanks for having me on, you guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Alright, Broken, shoot. Man, alright, you guys. Have a good one. I'll see you soon. Oh wait, let Bye -bye. me take a picture. I'm gonna take a quick oh, screenshot. Sure. Okay. <laughs> And let us know if you're ever in New York, too. New York, that's right. That, I yeah. was going to ask about that. Okay, ready? One, two, three. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, and yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. You guys have a good one. Don't work too hard. All right. Thank you. Okay, bye, you guys.